Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. Well, welcome, everybody. It's so good to have you back with us for the Leaders Alliance podcast. And today we have some amazing special guests, Stephen Marcy Fish, who I'll be introducing in just a moment. But before we get rolling, I just want to give a date on what's going on and what we're doing. And uh, and so anyway, it's great to have you all with us today. But um, yeah, I mean, Leaders Alliance is just picking up steam. We're moving ahead. You know, we had our official launch September 8th. And we have roughly around 150 leaders involved right now. We just finished our hub, our members meeting just a few minutes ago with some amazing presentation by Lillian Brown, who's uh, the uh, pastor over Supernatural Ministries at Catch the Fire Toronto. We had some prophetic ministry from different individuals and breakout groups, just an amazing time of feeding and encouraging and strengthening one another in the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I, I think I told you last week, I just got back from, from uh, Brazil. We had an amazing time of ministry in, in five different churches, probably 20 different meetings throughout the time. Great uh, manifestations of the Holy Spirit, great uh, equipping and empowering. And I got ministered to many times. In fact, my back got healed. I think I've mentioned that I've had a, a blown disc and... Uh, and basically, I don't, I don't have any pain anymore, which I couldn't stand up even more than for 10 minutes. And so I'm, I'm walking around. Everything's going great. So thank you, Jesus, for that. But anyway, um, I also want to mention that Pastors Coach is launching its new boot camp. And Pastors Coach is a partner ministry with uh, Leaders Alliance, something I've been building for years. We've had over 200 pastors go through our uh, pastoral training. This is basically, you know, my 33 years of pastoral ministry and then all my reflection time afterwards kind of been a pretty cohesive, intense eight-week process. And so I really want to encourage you, if you're interested in that, go to pastorscoach.com and then you can call, talk to Glenn and uh, figure out how to be involved. But we begin on Thursday morning this week. And so if you want to be involved in that, we'd love to have you on board. But anyway, so our podcast is, is also picking up steam. We have some wonderful this now going into our archives. And today I'm super excited because Steve and Marcy Fisher with us. And they are pastors of Convergence Church in the Fort Worth area and share a bit of their story with us and then really talk to us about what they've learned in leadership. Because not only are they senior pastors, but they have an apostolic ministry that goes beyond and ministering to other churches. Marcy happens to sit on the, of Iris Ministries as well, which is one of the most dynamic ministries in our generation around the world. And so we have a real uh, action-packed uh, time uh, of of just sharing and 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 talking with these two amazing people. Why don't we begin with a word of prayer, and then I'm going to introduce them. So, Father, thank you for your presence. We thank you for your work in our lives. We thank you for the maturing process of the Holy Spirit within us. We thank you for the imprint of the nature and character of Jesus inside of us, and then through. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that today you would release impartation and not just information, that there would be a gift given to each one of us that's listening to this, either live or 
uh, in archives. We pray that you would impart to us your heart for this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Steve and Marcy are amazing friends. I've just uh, followed their ministry for many. Also have been actually in their house with them at times, both the literal house, but also the house of worship that they lead. And uh, like I said before, they're, they're two of the most kind of cutting edge leaders right now in terms of uh, building church and, and making disciples, but also in terms of supernatural, the prophetic and understanding the, the power and presence of God. They're really firing on all cylinders. So I just want you guys to introduce yourselves, take it away, and then I'll be interrupting from time to time with a few questions to help guide our discussion. So go for it. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Well, Michael, it's it's such a joy to be here today with my wife, Marcy, and we're, we're looking forward to this time, just tag teaming and and seeing what God does. And uh, I really believe that I, I just was, as I was out biking this morning, I just heard the phrase demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. And I, did, I feel like we're here not just for words, but that the Holy Spirit really is going to touch people. I feel like he's going to give people some specific revelation where you're in, in some jams. I feel like uh, some of the, the pain and the things that we've walked through is really going to help people today. And, and Michael, what an honor just to be here with you. We're so thankful for your friendship. A little jealous that you just got back from Brazil. Uh, we love Brazil and uh, just the fire that's in that nation. And, and uh, so, man, uh, but we do. We just want to begin and, and share some of our story. I'll, I'll kick off and toss it over to Marcy here in a minute. Um, Michael, you know, I, I grew up in a wonderful Christian home and uh, my my parents really live their faith. Um, I'm so thankful for my heritage, strong Southern Baptist church, every vacation Bible school teacher, scripture memory. Um, my dad taught me to share the gospel one day on an airplane. I mean, just so thankful for parents wow. that discipled me uh, yeah. growing up. I, I thought everybody grew up this way. And then I learned that nobody <laughs> you know, grows up like that. So, but then I, I went away to university and began to find out there was more. And one night in my dorm room, uh, Room 341, Penland Hall, Waco, Texas. The Holy Spirit just invaded the room. And uh, for four or five hours that night, my roommate and I were, we were groaning. We were shaking. We didn't know what to call what was happening to us. We had no grid wow. for what God was doing. And I just, you know, I've just never recovered. Um I, <laughs> I, I had, I had no desire before that time to, to be in ministry. Um, I, you know, what my dad was doing was great. Um, but after that, I thought, whatever this is, I want to do this. And so that's what launched me in the ministry. The word of God just began to come to life. I, I began to read the book of Acts and to realize that the miracles never stopped and uh, the works of Jesus kept going. And I just began this journey of seeing the power of God and really getting to know 
to know the Lord intimately and uh, just the reality of, of the kingdom of God. Um, just even, you know, just beginning one to see the power and authority of Jesus name. You know, one, one day a, 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 a guy came to me after a Bible study and he said, Hey, I've, I've invited this spirit into my life that I can't get rid of it. Can you, can you, can you pray for me? And I, I thought, well, I've never done this before, but it's in the Bible. And so I just began to pray in Jesus name and I witness how terrified these demons were of the name of Jesus. Wow. I, I just, wow. I just was like, wow, this is, it happened in the Bible and it's, I'm seeing it right now with my very, very own eyes. And wow. so just journeys like that of beginning to see miracles, um, just another quick story that was one of those formative moments for me. And the first time I really saw the miracle power of God, uh, there was a, a lady who was coming to our church who had kind of a club hand. Her hand was kind of, kind of like this and she didn't, wasn't able to really move it like that. You know, she could move her whole arm. And, and I felt one night, like the Holy spirit said, I, I want you to, I want you to pray for her. And, so I just, I said, okay, God, and I just began to pray and I just began to pray in tongues because I didn't know what to pray in English. And, uh, and it was electricity. And so, so I, I just, after a while, the electricity stopped. And so I asked her, I said, well, did anything happen? And she said, I don't think so. And so she went home and the next thing I heard was that she had pain in her, in her wrist. And so she called the doctor and the doctor said, well, those are probably tumors. So you need to come, you need to come in as soon as possible. We need to look at those. And, uh, I, I was like, uh, wow. I, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. Then she came to church in a sling and, and I actually thought maybe I broke her wrist. Like, you know, oh. maybe, well, maybe while the electricity was going, <laughs> I got a bit too excited. And, uh, I, she ended up getting an x-ray and all eight of these wrist bones that were not there before were there and her wrists were wow. three inches and she oh, actually man. got, got motion in it. And Incredible. so all of that, you know, just began this adventure and, and we're still, still living in this venture. Um, I'll, I'll share one more story here to kind of pass it over to Marcy and, and we're, we're still learning and you know, we've been pastoring, uh, a church here in Fort Worth, as you said, Michael, for over 30 years and um, lots of ups and downs in the journey. Um, lots of uh, expectations that we've had to, to change and grow in. And one of the things we found, Michael, is that some of our greatest authority actually comes as we share the things that were the hardest that we walked through. Um, and so, but I, I'll share how Marcy and I met because it was so supernatural also. Um, <laughs> dad, my dad was a professor at the Baptist Seminary uh, one mile down the road from our church. So we couldn't hide. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my dad came to me one day and he said, hey, Steve, I, I want you to meet this girl in my two o'clock class. 
And so I kept trying to get over there to meet Marcy and we just never connected. And so at the end of the semester, my dad actually called Marcy and, wow. and said, hey, you know, have you finished your reading reports? And she said, well, I haven't finished them all, but I'm, I'm going to. And then my dad said, well, that's not really why I called. He said, I, I called to see if I can have my son call you. And uh, if I can give him your phone number. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so that's how we met. Uh, four kids. Arranged marriage, huh? That's Arranged incredible. marriage, totally. That's what we say. Yes. Four kids and uh, two grandkids later, here we are. So. Yes, here we are. So, yeah, thank you, Michael. Um, you've certainly been a huge help to us. Um, yeah. We have been pastoring the same church for 31, almost 32 years. Wow. And we call, we call that a sign and a wonder. That is. And also a tribute to our friends who have really been there for us over the years. And um, that's a big part of our story is just the friends, you know, that's what the kingdom of God's about. It's about family. And we've had family friends that have just really been there for us throughout our 32 years and uh, mm -hmm. been amazing to us. And you're one of those. So thank you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think um, if there are two words that, that I would say really are like the theme of my story, I think it's the reality of Jesus and the intentionality of Jesus. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't grow up in the same kind of home as Steve, but I did grow up going to church. I did come to Jesus uh, at a young age, around eight years old. Um, but my family was not a super healthy family, and it kind of fell apart. Everything kind of started falling apart when I was in middle school. So... I, my high school years and my early college years were a little bit turbulent, trying to find who I am and, and what is really the reality of God for my own life. And in college, um, I had uh, a, a major, like what I call encounter with God in my New mm -hmm. Testament class. So I went to a Baptist university, I had to take a New Testament course. And we had to read through the Gospels in order chronologically. And I read the Gospels and I realized my life does not look like that. Um, everything Jesus talked about and what he sent out his disciples to be a part of, I, I, I was like, that is not my reality. But obviously it needs to be my reality. So it really put me on a pursuit uh, to the realities, the more of Jesus and my relationship mm -hmm. with him. So I've had, I guess, what I call epoch moments in my life mm -hmm. that have really marked me and shifted my course along the way. One mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. happened um, when I was 19. I left the country for the first time. I went to mm -hmm. Mexico, which if you live in Texas, you know, that hardly counts. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, I was in Mexico drinking my hot coke, just sitting there. And literally I hear, see, I'm not a middle-class American Southern Baptist. And I wow. thought, 
well, I didn't know I thought you were, <laughs> but that was my reality. And it was like God just invaded my reality with the more reality. And mm. that really put a fire and a passion in me to experience as many different cultures as I could in my lifetime, go as many different mm. places. I also discovered at that time that the United States is 5% of the world's population. So 95% of the world does not look like us and, and do right. life like us. And I, it really put a passion in me, which has brought me all this way, even to uh, my part in Iris. Um, so I really came in, did more deeper things of the Lord in college. And then I came here, I only took three classes at the seminary, but Steve's dad class was one of them. That was obviously all ordained by God. Mm -hmm. uh, we got married. We had four kids in five years. So I was very busy wow. with that. And, um, and then I just have had a series of things, how God has brought me into the more and I, that's why I just love his intentionality. He's so intentional mm -hmm. and he has given me dreams that have revealed things about myself, revealed things that mm -hmm. needed healing in me, revealing assignments that he had for me in the season. In fact, one dream I was playing baseball and I was throwing the ball in the outfield with my daughter. Mm -hmm. Hannah. And somebody came to me in the outfield and said, your position's been moved to the infield. Wow. And I stayed in the outfield because I'm like, well, I have to keep, you know, doing this before I can go. And all of a sudden I have no glove and I'm throwing the ball and I have no glove to catch it. And I said, I need my glove. And they said, your glove's been moved to the infield. So wow. it was just in a season where God was transitioning me. So I had that dream. Chris Valentin came to our church and prophesied crazy things over me. I had so many prophetic words about teaching, preaching, and prophesying. A lot about the prophetic. Um, I went to Mozambique for the first time in 2004. So that was another crazy, mm -hmm. like supernatural thing the way that God orchestrated that which is another story that I won't take time to tell but I ended up in Mozambique in 2004 and I had only been to Mexico and Canada I, I had never been anywhere else outside of the U.S. Not and it, those hardly count when you live in the U.S. so <laughs> I go to Mozambique it's like 2004 their borders had only been open for like five years like it was wow. crazy and god took me there again his intentionality broke off so much fear off my life and radically put me on a course and since that time i've been to mozambique 20 times it's it's a oh, home man. for me Every time I go, God does something radical in me. I don't know why. One time I'm like, God, like, really, like, it, you know, it costs a lot of money to come here. Like, <laughs> you couldn't do this in me at home. And God was like, I'm happy to spend thousands of dollars to bring you here to do what I'm doing. 
I'm like, okay. So that's been a big part of my story, and that is Iris. So our main base is in Mozambique, and uh, that began a relationship with Heidi that um, has grown over the years. She's a, a dear friend, and she has also been a mentor in my life. And so I'm super thankful for that relationship with Iris. Um, we love to go to all of our bases around the world and we've seen God do crazy, amazing things. So that's wow. a lot of our story. We were majorly touched also. You can stop me whenever you want. We were majorly <laughs> no, touched keep going. Um, also by the Toronto revival in the nineties. Um, so again, we had four small children. So uh, Steve could share more if he wants to about how we got there, but we, we went to a meeting here in our area with John or not. Then we went to Toronto and we came back and we literally, we just met every night at the church and God was just crashing in every night. So I laid on the floor many, many, many days and nights with kids, like sitting on my head and climbing on me, <laughs> feeding him snacks, you know, from the floor. So we had that crazy revival time in the 90s that really also was a big part of our our story and our, our more of God. Um, so wow. that's what we're still doing. To us, every, well, every gathering is a revival gathering. That's how we feel. That's so good. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that that was an amazing time. So how long had you been pastoring by the time that you actually experienced the Toronto thing? So so we started pastoring at the church in 1990 and things began to really get intense in 1993, actually, when Rodney Howard Brown came to our city and mm -hmm. we began. I just I went to our elders and I said, hey, guys we're going to, we're going to let God, let's let God do this. And it, and, and so it kind of began to break out in 93 and then Arnott, John Arnott came to town in April of 94. And when mm -hmm. I saw the grace that he was operating in and just the, the wine skin of the revival, I was mm -hmm. like, this is what I've been praying for. And that wow. was when we went to our church and said, Hey, we're going to do this every night. And uh, we we said we're going to do it for a week. We couldn't stop two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And finally, after a month, we were kind of starting to, to wear out. And so we started having to go every other night or so. But <laughs> just, so there were a lot of nights that I just locked the church and said, turn out the lights and close the door. And uh, people stayed all hours just overcome That's by that. And it's so, but, still a part of who we are. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's just so amazing. I think that um, you know it's been what twenty-seven years since uh, ninety-four, twenty-eight almost, yeah. and uh, and I know we were also impacted by that season very strongly. I had been pastoring by that time. I think around uh, oh gosh, at least uh, probably about ten years prior to that that I was a senior pastor, but you kind of grew up in that revival. If you had only been pastoring yeah. a couple of years prior to starting to experience that measure of God's presence and power. And so that's pretty amazing. What has pastoring been like for you? Because obviously pastoring's a mixed bag. It's not all revival meetings. 
there's a lot of uh, administrative stuff. There's a lot of uh, the dynamics of dealing with people and people problems and issues. There's a lot of organizational challenges. Give us a picture of the 30 years. What has it been like for you, the highs and the lows, just kind of a little bit of a mountaintop, uh, you know, sort of overview. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's been really great. And there's times where it's been really, really hard. Um, I think, you know, for me, what I had to learn, like when people ask me, like, you know, what was the greatest mistake you made? And like, you know, the, the first 10 years, um, I really, I didn't know I, you know, I had a, I have a master's of divinity degree. I have, you know, business degrees, but no one ever taught me how to, how to have, how to communicate, like how to have constructive conversations. And so I'm, I'm an exhorter, Michael, you know, I'm, I just believe with every other exhorter out there in the world that encouragement can fix anything. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so people would come into my office that I needed to really bring some direction and sometimes even a little bit of correction and i would just encourage them and they would leave just great you know but we didn't fix the problem and so i i had to learn how to really get in there and communicate and Mm. that has changed our ministry over the years Mm. um but but i would say like probably our greatest struggle is you know has been um relationships and Mm -hmm. walking through transitions with staff members Mm. has been our our greatest struggle in in the ministry um and that's something now we we even have with our team we have a social covenant that we've signed like this is how (laughs) this is what we do um when when we come to places where we're having a disagreement um rather than talking about each other what what would you say marcy would you echo that yes absolutely um you know i'm i'm a little bit different i'm my challenge um one i i had a big fear of loss of relationship that was a big reason why I didn't want to have a courageous conversation or I really didn't want to make transitions when they needed to happen. So I had to overcome that. And Mm -hmm. also I tend to be very direct actually in my Mm -hmm. communication. So I had to learn how to be a little bit patient and, and make sure my words, were seasoned with grace. Um, And so that was my journey. So I was a little bit afraid to have a courageous conversation because I was afraid that I would hurt somebody with Mm -hmm. my words. And so ultimately I had to give our team specifically permission. Hey, please come to me if I say something that feels hurtful or harsh in Mm -hmm. any way. And that really freed me up to be able to just communicate. And then if it didn't come out well, then somebody would tell me and we would work through it. And that's still how it is. We just, I just worked through it with one of our pastors last week in a meeting because I, I came on a little abrupt and direct and we talked it out afterwards and it's all good. Um, so 
That but has you've been, been so here. nice, you know. <laughs> but yes. no, I know how it is. And especially, you know, because you're a mom, it's like, you know, and you're probably a bit of a mom in the house, too. And so moms don't always mince words when they when something needs to be done or some some correction needs to be brought. But I think that asking permission and then granting permission, honestly, that that just solves so many problems. Like, um, I mean, the one thing, again, that comforts me about the people issue is just Jesus had a hard time with his team as well. <laughs> because he's the best leader in the universe, but he still had to deal with some pretty odd characters. And even yeah. some pretty major betrayal, and uh, and so you know, so your church has kind of gone through uh, different seasons of growth and impact. Where do you find yourselves now? Like, what season are you in now after thirty years? Um, and this has to do both with your personal calling as well as with the state of the church. Where where do you see yourselves right now, and what do you see coming in the next season? Awesome, yeah. Well, um, churches, as, as you're alluding to, Michael, do go through seasons. And, and it's important to know that because um, if you're unaware of that, you know, we expect to stay in a season maybe that we really like. And the Lord begins to even transition us in a way that stretches our comfort zone, but actually is the church growing and maturing, just like our bodies grow and mature whether we're ready or not, yeah. um, you know, they, they continue growing. Well, the body of Christ is the same way. And, and for me, one of the things that's really helped me, Michael, is recognizing that churches in a city, no church in a city is called to bring everything into that city. Mm. Like I look at churches as I do people, churches have different gifts and they have different assignments. Obviously there's, a, a certain level of church that we all have a responsibility to bring of making disciples, preaching the gospel, watching after people, um, raising yeah. up and establishing leaders who loose other leaders. You know, we, we all have that assignment. But for us, our assignment in our region has very much been to really break through as a presence based prophetic church in our region wow. and so um we've we've done lots of training and equipping in the prophetic we've brought people in and and one of the testimonies that that we get regularly from our church is hey i came to convergence and my life was changed i laid on the floor right over there um and we've had all kinds of people say things like that sean foyt was just in and you know, he was sharing just how he he got a vision while he was at Convergence of really the power of worship being an offensive attacking the enemy and mm. and attacking principalities and nations just through going in and worshiping him. Wow. Michael Miller will tell you the upper room, you know, he'll say, hey, I laid on the carpet over there and, and my life was changed. And we just wow. had Will and, and so that's been a lot of our a lot of our role in the region, and then we've we've been very much a church in the nations, um, wow. ascending church. Um, but right now we're in a season where we are transitioning. Our Marcy and I, our leadership role is beginning to shift, 
And um, our son, Andrew, is taking more and more of the leadership. Um, our, we're, we're smaller in number, but the people with us now really want to be there. And wow. I, I would say we're really just incredibly thankful for our wow. team that, that we have. We have an amazing team with us right now. So why don't you share some of what we're looking towards in this next season? Where what we're transitioning more into. Right. Well, I will say, um, just echoing a little bit what Steve said, like we're so thankful. Like, even though our church is smaller right now, it's so healthy and wow. our team is yeah. so healthy. And that has been something that we've been working towards, you know, for a long, long time. So we're super thankful for that. And even though we're small, we we have a surprising amount of influence in our region. And so it's kind of interesting just to watch God do that. And so we feel like that's only increasing in this next season. Um, even in COVID, God had to start what we call worship in the park in our main park of our city we just started meeting outside once a month just to worship over our city and it's been amazing and it's brought together so many churches and ministries different races together it's been a very unifying thing in our city we feel a big calling to that in our own city to really bring people together churches ministries businesses with ministries, you know, really that convergence of yeah. um, the kingdom of God, you know, like we're all in this together. So, so we feel a real call to unify the, these things in our city. And we also feel um, a big call to leaders. Um, we I've already brought in one church staff from another church in our area. They just brought their staff in and we just spent the whole morning ministering to their staff. Mm -hmm. Our staff ministered to their staff. So We're about to have another church bring their staff in in a couple of weeks just to minister to them. We feel a big call to that. We feel mm -hmm. a big call to, to really get in there with leaders in a way that brings a vulnerability because that's mm -hmm. where it feels like it's, that's the place to feel where leaders, you know, we can tend to not want to be vulnerable for mm -hmm. good reasons, for very yeah. good reasons. Yeah. So we want to be a place and a people where people can be vulnerable and, Wow. and really experience healing and also empowerment for their that's so good. No, that's so good. I feel like, you know, unity's also been something on my heart for many, many years and probably really the first effort I did in getting something like a worship time in the park was in 1978 and uh, oh, wow. in San Francisco and and uh, since that time so I feel like, again, these are all to me like little clues about your larger calling. You know, it mm -hmm. seems like the Lord has given you guys a, a broader calling, what some might call an apostolic calling, you know, where you're not only ministering in a local church, but you're ministering beyond that local church to the region and you're ministering beyond the region to other parts of the globe. And so why don't you take a moment and, and just how do you define apostolic leadership and, and what does it mean to you? Awesome. 
Yeah, we we are we are so excited about this season and for us, you know, obviously the word apostolic means sent one. And so mm-hmm. the biggest one of the biggest parts of that at our church has been developing that kind of culture actually in-house where mm-hmm. when you when you come to convergence something's going to get on you <laughs> that you know you're not there to just sit in the pew mm-hmm. that you know you have a calling you know you have an assignment from god you know you've been set apart by the lord uh for mm-hmm. this time and this season and so we've really worked you know cultivating that in our church and in churches that we work with um has been has been a big a big thing i think for us you know for me um we were with a church this last weekend a wonderful church um and we we had traveled there and have a relationship with them and they had hit some pretty some pretty tough times and honestly i just came away um amazed at what the lord did wow um how in one weekend he just enabled us to go in and really bring a shift Mm. in a church that was at a critical critical point um i was I was shocked by, <laughs> by how that happened. And, and I, I shouldn't have been because we've had people come in and, and show up at exactly the right moment for us. And really, in a sense, we're like, we might not even be here right. if you wow. don't listen to the Lord right. and show up at our church and come and give this word that brought this direction and stand with us. And so to me, being able to help raise up leaders Um, in the younger generations and come alongside them in those moments of transition and say, no, this church is not going to shut down. (laughs) This church still has a call from God. You have an assignment in this region. God's quickening it. He's bringing you through this and to release the prophetic that gives them hope and direction and apostolic strategy. Um, I'm, that to me, we we want to help the younger generations, and oh, so we want to we really want to just the the hard times that we've been through, like just this weekend, it was like so helped us be able to go in and provide an apostolic boost <laughs> and yeah. input to a church in a city and. I just I believe God's gonna let us do that a lot in this. Season. No, I think it's I think it's gonna be eventually your primary ministry is bringing that level of like a spiritual chiropractor going in and you know <laughs> cracking some bones and getting things realigned to actually produce that that sense of health and well being within churches yeah. that are struggling because none of us know how to do this perfectly. You know, you as couples we've had to learn. Through the you know the University of Hard Knocks, how to do yes. this? But you guys have a, a couple of things I want to just highlight for a second that I think are really crucial things. One is you both have a Baptist background, so you have a depth in the Word of God that is yes. really I think served you well. But you also have this amazing history in the Holy Spirit, 
And one of the things that we value so much in, in Leaders Alliance is bringing together the supernatural and the super practical. And, right. and, and I see that both in you guys as a couple, you know, that, that you have both of those elements. And it's kind of a crisscross, too, because you both are supernatural, but you're both very practical. Talk about your working relationship a little bit, how you function together, both in the church and outside of the church when you're doing ministry out. Awesome. Well, I love that vision about the super practical and the supernatural. Um, I shared a little bit even with you about what I've been feeling about that. I feel yeah. like Jesus really did that. You know, he told his disciples, preach the gospel, disciple people and do the stuff, you know, that that's what he sent them out to do. And so he covered to me both of those areas. And so I feel like um, supernatural without the super practical can kind of take you into a place where sometimes there's not grounding and foundation. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the opposite, it was never meant to be without demonstration of the power of God. So we're super excited about that. And and I guess um, specifically in working together, um, I think we go in with uh, different giftings that mm-hmm. complement one another. And um, I, I do feel very strongly prophetic, um, even with this church we were just at this weekend. I mm. just got up one day and I felt really strongly from the Lord, you need to go to Georgia. You need to go to this church. Mm. They need you on the ground because we had Mm. been talking with them, you know, by zoom, but I just felt Holy spirit say you need to be on the ground there. So I shared that with Steve and we went. And so I, I feel like being led by Holy spirit is so, so important. And so that's one aspect of, of how we do what we do. And, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how we work together. Do you have more input on well, that? Well, it's it's been it's been an ongoing journey of learning how to do that and you know usually the way it was 20 years ago was mainly me and and I was really praying, you know, Lord, I want to do this more together and you know, obviously we're raising kids and all of that and but the funny thing was the Lord began to answer my prayer, but what I realized is he answered it was I still had to adjust. And mm. so, so there were, there's moments it was like, okay, the Lord's answering my prayer, but I'm at home with four kids and Marcy's out having fun in Mozambique. <laughs> and I, I, I'm driving on this carpool trying to figure out how to do all these things that she does perfectly. Wow. It's like, God, you answered my prayer, but <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> and so it's been, it's, it's, a, I want to encourage though couples that it's a journey, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had moments, I remember this, this moment um, on the island of Pompeii <laughs> in Micronesia, walking out of our hut <laughs> to minister together. And I was, I hadn't really, I was, I, you know, we're just learning how to do this. And I hadn't really asked Marcy what she was sensing (laughs) and we were having a discussion (laughs) on the way out to minister and we were learning 
And, and we, so we, so I've had to learn a lot and I've had to learn that what you pray for, there's also a cost that you pay in it and an adjustment that you have to make that may not be easy, but it's worth it. Mm. And so we, I feel like we're getting like this weekend, like we're learning a flow together. Yeah. And it's been so good and brings, brings so much that I, Marcy, you know, brings a whole dimension that, that I, I don't carry. And, and so I would encourage couples out there that it's, it's worth the journey. It's not going to be frictionless. You're going to have to, <laughs> to learn yeah. how, to, how to communicate and, and how to share and how to walk. And you're going to, you're going to hurt each other at times. And so, you know, we debrief a lot, um, but you learn more how to walk together. And uh, yeah, and we do it at home. You know, we do it in our home church. Um, yeah. And yeah, we just, it is definitely, you do, you have to do it. Yes. And then you learn as you do it. And you give lots of honest feedback. Yes. So yeah. you know, give each other feedback on a Sunday, like, and we, we don't always, it's just okay. Like ministry, we don't always agree. Right. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that are subjective, you know, like sure. I'll be honest, like, well, I wouldn't, I wasn't sensing that in my heart when you went in and prayed over that on Sunday, yeah. but it was good. Yeah. You know, I, oh, I would have, yeah. I would have done it differently <laughs> at that moment, but it's not a, this isn't an exact. It's not an exact science. Exact That's science. No, it's if, so God, if God pours out and loves on people, then you know you can't go wrong. So yeah. take the risk. Like that is what I take the risk. And if there's anything that in my journey, God has really had to do with me is tell me that like take the risk. And That's every so single time I've done it, it's been worth it. And I love even in our most recent experience, like Steve was talking about, of going to that church in Georgia, it was supernatural how the Lord got us there for mm. that weekend. And then supernatural things happened, but it was super practical. We yeah. left them with super practical things for their wow. leadership team, for their transition, for their church. Yeah. Like God yeah. is all about the practical. And, and I don't yeah. think God, even to God, like it's all supernatural because right. even in the practical, we're hearing his instructions. And, you know, another one of our greatest mentors, and especially in our early days, was Graham Cook. And, oh, yeah. you know, Graham Cook really taught us like Holy Spirit is really brilliant. And mm, uh, that was one yeah. of his things. And it really taught us. Like Holy Spirit can show you how to do something that on your best day you would not come up with. <laughs> so um, even in the practical, yeah. he orchestrates it right. supernaturally. But you also, you know, realize too, I, I think I started realizing this when I started coaching more and more churches, is how much residual experience I had gained. You know, right? like I just didn't, I, you know, you I, I don't know if I could have written it into a book, you know, with the bullet points, but 
But when you're in a situation and the need arises or the issue comes up and all of a sudden you realize, wow, I have a whole toolbox with that, those kind of tools in it. And that's really what, you know, you gain after 30 years of or 32 years of pastoring in the same church is a lot of that kind of wisdom. And, and you know, obviously, Diane and I are still working out our team ship. You know, we were just in Brazil and, and she did a great job. But, you know, I tend to be more the preacher. So I'll, I'll have a little bit more airtime on stage but gosh you know everybody applauds when she shares and and they they kind of you know hold home what i do so you have to know that there's something there that's that's that's, that's supercharged in her yeah. anyway well we need to wrap up in a second i want you guys to hit on maybe a, a couple of things because i know you've taught on leadership a hundred times over the years and we'll have you back to teach on other leadership principles in the future but what would you say is one of those that comes to mind right now that you, if you could just, you know, hand this off as a as a wrench, you know, or as a hammer to some some young leader right now? I'd love to hear from you, Marcy, and then and then Steve, you can wrap it up and and pray with us and and we can close. But what would you say is one like leadership jewel that you've that you've gleaned over the years that you feel like wow, this would really help a young leader right now? Yeah, I, I think if I had to pick one, which is a little challenging, but I think I would pick be intentional about the culture that you want to create because you're going to have culture, whether you're intentional about it or not. And that is one of the things that has really helped us the most. I'll never forget. We sat down with Chris Fountain and Bill Johnson in 2004. And they said, y'all need a culture of honor. And we're like, what is that? But it it planted in us even the concept of culture. And we Mm. realized we had a culture, but we weren't being intentional about what that culture was. So we began to articulate values, which governed how we had the culture that we had. And so I think that has been life-changing, ministry-changing, church-changing. For us to begin to be intentional about our culture changed everything really in so many ways. Yeah, I put some exclamation marks right next to that one. Listen, if you're if you're a leader thinking one thing that I can focus on, she nailed it. So just hear that clearly. Steve, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know how to top that. We you know, because we found like if you get the right culture, people get in it. They come from churches where they've been in a different culture. And all of a sudden they get in our culture and gifts and things begin to emerge. And even patterns they had in their life that were were maybe off began to be shifted because of our culture. Um, For me, though, I think learning to ask the right question. Yeah, I I really felt my early years in ministry like I was there to give the answers. Mm. And now what I had to learn was it's much better to go into a meeting with a crafted to use Graham Cook's word (laughs) question or prayer. He used to talk about crafted prayers and Mm -hmm. I will spend time really praying, asking the Lord to show me what is the question that we need to ask in this meeting to get us where we need to go. And then with that, just even to take a few moments before I meet with someone and ask the Lord, for one or two key prophetic nuggets that bring perspective 
Mm. And I've, I've sat in hundreds of lunches with people and said, well, they start talking. And I said, well, that's so funny. Well, here's what I saw. I saw this picture on the way here and I've mm -hmm. seen it take the conversation to a whole new place of revelation about what God's doing in their lives. Wow. No, that's so good. I think key questions and then really allowing the Lord to be present in the form of prophetic guidance in your times with people. Gosh, those those two things, well, those three things are rich. And um, anyway, you guys are amazing. I'm so, I wow, wish we had two hours and uh, we will. <laughs> no, it's gone so fast. Having you back and maybe even having you back a little bit separately. So we can hear, you know, yes. a little bit more just from Marcy about what she's learned and how she's, you know, in a sense, grown into her calling um, and give you both a little bit more kind of exclusive airtime. But could you, as we close, could you guys just pray a blessing over everyone listening to this podcast in the future? Just a, a word of impartation. Maybe the Lord would give you even something specific, but just hit us with you know, that's yeah. your, your impression in the Holy Spirit as we close. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, you want to start? Oh, Lord Jesus, Jesus. thank you so yes. much. God, I just thank you for everyone listening right now and, the, and even those that are going to listen later. Yeah. Thank you, God, for their yes to you. And yes, I just thank you that you take our yes. We just say yes, and you take our yes and you begin to take us into something that is beyond what we could even ask or even imagine. So I bless their yes, God. I bless the yes of every person listening. God, I bless them in their particular role they're in now. I bless them if they're in transition. I bless them with grace, God. I bless them with grace to be able to shift where they need to shift. I bless them with revelation, with wisdom from heaven. And I yes. thank you that you give it abundantly. You, you love Lord. to give wisdom abundantly. I bless every person who's listening with wisdom from heaven, heavenly wisdom that brings peace, that brings assignment and alignment in Jesus' name. Yeah. Lord, thank you. I agree for your grace. We thank you for grace that's going to move us forward. Lord, yes. I thank you to bring us through the fire and through the water and out into a place of abundance. And I pray for grace for those right now who are in places of tension, places where they've been discouraged. Um, I feel like there's someone you're, you're, you need wisdom with your elder board right now. I feel like the Lord is giving you some key questions, wisdom and strategic insight to go forward. Yes. And Lord, I pray for those kingdom connections that we need Father, that we will not be isolated. And, and Father, I pray for supernatural connections to happen even this week, yes, Lord, yes. Uh, for those who are crying out to you who are a part of this today. Yes. Lord, I thank you for grace and hope to move forward. And we thank you for a fresh revelation of Jesus. And we bless you for it, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless Convergence Church, we pray. Yes, and bless the transition yeah. you guys are in well, to step you. out a little bit more thank and more you, into the larger global calling that you have on your life. So, and, and also thank you so much for being advisors. 
to what we're building here. We're honored. Leaders Alliance. We just uh, so treasure your input and your wisdom. So anyway, well, God bless everybody. And we'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you.